Well, good day to you and praise the Lord. We're glad to be here for our Romans Bible study this morning. Go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 10. That's where we'll be and we'll start in verse 17 here in just a moment. Just want to say how excited and appreciative, very thankful I am to the Lord for allowing me to share His Word with you and uh, just always excited about sharing the gospel from Genesis to Revelation, for that is what the Word of the Lord is about uh, in all of its doctrines, all of its teachings, uh, at the core of everything in the Word of God, it has to be about Jesus and what He accomplished for us at Calvary so that we can experience all the other things that the Bible teaches and how to have a good marriage, how to raise your kids up, how to live by faith, how to have a, a quiet, a peaceable, and honorable life before the Lord, how to serve God all the days of our life. Not what to do necessarily, that's in the Bible too, but how we do those things. And we're just so grateful uh, to be here teaching the book of Romans. And uh, don't forget to pray for us and, and don't forget to sow to the ministry where you're being fed, where every word, every jot, every tittle is going to point to Jesus Christ and what He has accomplished for us at Calvary. And we're just grateful for that. So, verse 17 in Romans chapter 10, uh, and, and, and we'll look at this. No, I'm sorry, verse 13 is where we will begin today, and we're going to uh, try to make it through verse 17. So, and this is very important today uh, because there seems to be confusion about uh, th these verses. And that, I know that sounds crazy uh, to people like us who walk with the Lord, but uh, there's lots of folks who believe lots of different things, and we just have to be careful how we handle the Word of God. If, if, if how we're handling the Word of God does not result in a manifestation of the truth, and that means the expression of Christ, then we're handling the Word of God wrongly. Listen, deceitfully. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, that when we handle God's Word deceitfully, that deceitful means I don't know that I'm doing something wrong because I really think this is right. And that's called deception. And it comes in through deceit, something that seems right. Remember what Proverbs says in more than one place, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end of that way is death. So we have to be very careful that we're handling the Word of God correctly, not deceitfully, not using it for our own fleshly desires and purposes and wills uh, like Judas did and many of the crowd, uh, most of the crowds in Jesus' day uh, wanted to uh, make him a king, wanted to use him for their own personal uh, feed us every day. You can just bring food from nowhere and, and Jesus told them that in John chapter 6, but that that's the reason they were coming back every day to get fed by the food, not because they were recognizing what they should recognize, Him as the truth, Him as the Son of God, Him as the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. Uh, so let's make sure we're handling the Word of God uh, in honesty, without deceit. And we, 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 we know we can do that if the manifestation of our handling the Word of God 
is the manifestation of truth. That is 2 Corinthians. Let's just turn over there. We are in a Bible study, so I guess uh, we can look at it this morning. Watch this now. In, let's just, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, Seeing therefore we have this ministry, we, we, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Watch verse 3. But if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost. And I'm sharing this with you this morning because of what we're about to discuss in Romans chapter 10. That if we handle the Word of God deceitfully, now, when folk are doing that, they don't know they're doing that. That's why it's very important for you, whoever and wherever you are, to get tied up, hooked up, planted where they're preaching the Word of God in its truthful and righteous context, which means it is without doubt all every time it's open pointed to Christ and what he did at Calvary. Now, preachers who disagree with that, they're, they're, there's just a, a whole lot of deceit taking place in their heart. Remember, they'll disagree because deceit means they are holding that which they think is right even though it's not. And when we hold God's word outside of the context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, we're holding it in a deceitful manner. Remember, all the words of God are in righteousness. And, and Proverbs 8 and 8. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Seems like we're about to have a light go out in here. I'm, it's flashing this morning. I don't know if you can see it, but I can sure see it. So when, when we hold the word of God deceitfully, there cannot be a manifestation of the truth. And, and see how verse 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So holding the word of God that brings about the manifestation of the truth, the expression of Christ, the fruit of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruits of righteousness is all based on if we're holding God's Word in the context of the gospel. If we're not, we're holding it deceitfully. Now, I know many will disagree, but that's because there's deceit in their heart. The heart is uh, deceitfully wicked above all things, Jeremiah says. So people, when people disagree that the Word of God does not always have to be in the context of the living Word of God and what He did at Calvary, then th there's some deceit working in their heart there. That's why the Apostle Paul finally reached the place when he said, I'm determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified among you. Uh, you know, and so we're, we're, we're not talking about different levels of people being better or this, more this, more that. We're talking about an understanding of God's Word. So the manifestation of truth is when the Word of God is held properly. That means in its gospel context, which always refers to Jesus and what He did at Calvary. So now we can go back and we can begin in Romans 10 and 13 where we are today. Watch now. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, if you go back up to verse 9, you see, if you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. 
See, the Lord here is Jesus. So when the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that means whosoever shall call upon Jesus shall be saved. Remember the Bible also says there's no other name in heaven, on earth, anywhere that men can be saved by except the name of Jesus. The name Jesus means Yeshua. And that name Yeshua means Savior, Redeemer. That's what uh, Yeshua means, Savior. That's why His name is Jesus. He's Savior. He's Redeemer. And you, you can't call on any other name. If you call on Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, I don't care who you call on, they are not the Lord. They might be some spirit uh, 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 of Satan because listen, all these Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness Catholicism, all those they, they have names but really Satan is behind all of them the only thing Satan is not behind deceiving is true Christianity faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary any other thing Satan is behind it, it's really a ministry a, a whole uh, uh, ministry of Satan, all of it. Doesn't matter, even if they throw scripture in, it, it, they got a different Jesus and until they call upon the name of the Lord, which is Jesus, to save them from their sins and Him alone, not works, but Him alone, His work, then they can't be saved. But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, which is Jesus, shall be saved. Not might be saved, shall be saved. But he says, how then shall they... Now watch how all this ties together now. That's because that's what we're doing here. We're looking at how this all ties up with Jesus, calling on Jesus for salvation. How then shall they call on him, not her, not them, but him. We're talking about the Lord. We're talking about Jesus, the Lord Jesus. How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? You, you, you can't call on Him except through a heart of belief. You can't call on Him in, in some heart of doubt. It says right here, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? This shows us that calling upon, calling upon the Lord Jesus is a belief that He will save you when you call upon Him. That's faith. That's what that means. That's your heart believing unto righteousness. And how shall they believe in Him whom they've not heard? They can't. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. This is all wrapped up in the gospel, my friend. This is not wrapped up in, in, in something we do, water baptism. This is, not, this is all wrapped up in the message of the gospel, the truth, hallelujah, that manifests in your life when you're believing it in liberty and freedom and joy and rejoicing and peace and quietness and assurance and stillness and honesty. And I didn't say perfection, but you're growing and you're maturing and you're, and you're becoming more like Him daily. Hallelujah. You're, you're not known anymore for the things you used to be known of. Ladies, you're not known for your beauty. You're known for that inner beauty that radiates out uh, through your life expressing Christ. Uh, men, you're not known anymore for all your, your menly skills. And like Esau, you're known for that radiant beauty of Christ that emanates 
through you because you've called upon the name of the Lord, which is Jesus, to save you. You heard about it through a preacher preaching the gospel of peace. Hallelujah. It's the gospel of peace here called in Colossians 1 and 20 tells us that he made our peace by the blood of his cross. Hallelujah. So when we hear the gospel, we hear what God did in Christ at the cross for our sins, dying in our place so we might have life, hallelujah, eternal and abundant. That's the glad tidings of good things the Lord brought to us. The news of that, the gospel of peace. But watch this now. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? Now, if you use these scriptures outside the context of the gospel, here again we're back to handling the word deceitfully. Think about that now. We, we've done it for centuries. You know, it's amazing how we can admit that we don't know everything. We can ad, uh, admit that uh, we've got a long way to go, but when uh, new things come to our minds, we're like, well, I ain't never heard that before. It's just like Psalms 33 and, and 4. Some people just can't grip that. They, they just won't, they won't submit to that, that the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Well, you just have to submit to that. <clears throat> you got to believe the word of God over what some preacher can make up and try to refute. But the Bible says the word of the Lord is right and all his, all his works are done in truth. Now, listen, th this, is, this is what differentiates those who will go on with the Lord in truth and have a manifestation of that uh, rather than those who are trying to explain away what God has said in his word. But... But the Bible says the word of the Lord, the Bible, is right and all his works are done in truth. That means all that God does, he does it according to the truth of his word. And his name is Jesus, hallelujah. And his name is Savior. And he did that for us at Calvary. And we need to remember that. God wouldn't have even created the world had it not been for his already in place eternal plan called I'm crucifying my son. I'm giving my son for the world. I know they'll be sinners before they even get here. And he, that was the truth before the foundation of the world. God created the world in the light of the truth of his son who would give his son for the sins of humanity. Think about that now. So... I'm just a Bible believer. I don't need this preacher or that preacher uh, trying to tell me things. I got a Bible right here that'll tell me what I need to know. And we do need help with certain things, but we don't ever really need help in trying to change what God's Word means. Hallelujah. Don't be caught doing that because there's deceit in that. Now we'll have to admit just because I can't explain something in the Bible, uh, we better be careful just because I can't explain it and I don't know it how, you know, but I see what it says just because I can't explain it don't mean it's not true. It means I need to grow in my understanding of the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. But I'm sticking with the word. Glory to God. Uh, so then, watch this, but Isaiah says they have not all obeyed the gospel. That's why when you, when you came to Christ, when you accepted Christ 
and what he did on the cross for you, God called you obe obedient. You obeyed the gospel right then. It's called obedience. Why is that? Because Jesus said in John 10 and 18, No man take my life from me, but I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment of the Father. God the Father sent, commanded His Son to come and to lay His life down. And Jesus humbled Himself and became obedient unto that death of the cross for all the sin of humanity so that He could take away all the sin of humanity. And I want you to think about that. And, and, and when you trusted in what He did through humble obedience unto death, God imputed that righteousness, that obedience, that humility to you. Think about that. Jesus and His obedience in death became your obedience in the death because that is the gospel. And that's why Paul told the church in Galatia, you can read it in chapter 3, book of Galatians, who's bewitched you that you no longer are obeying the truth. You see how the truth is always tied to the gospel, my friend. And he says to them, those Galatians, by, in, in whose eyes Christ was, it was like he was crucified before your very eyes the gospel was so powerful. You read it in Galatians chapter 3, but somebody came along and bewitched them, uh, began to point them to something other to put their faith in than Christ and his work at Calvary. And Paul said, that's a bewitching. That's deceitfulness. Think about it. That's deception and that's being lied to. And now they stepped into a place where they were no longer obedient in their experience. Their position was secure in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Their, their, their justification, but they were no longer walking on the path of the just the path of the righteous. They, they were no longer experiencing obedience to the faith because they moved their faith to something other than the work of Christ at Calvary. Don't forget that. But they've not all obeyed the gospel, Isaiah said. Uh, Lord, who, who's believed our report? And see, the, the report of Isaiah is here told us. It's the gospel. All the old covenant written is pointing us to the new covenant. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 tells us that, that the law was our, our tutor, our schoolmaster, pointing to us who the, to the one who would come and justify us by what he would do at Calvary. And I want you to think about that. Everything that was written in the old pointed to Christ who is the gospel. He is the new covenant. So watch this now. So then, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And here we are back to faith coming by us hearing the word of God, not in some deceitful manner. Faith can't come. Flesh can surely be pumped up and worked in a self-righteous attitude in a deceitful manner where we don't even know we're doing it. How many years did I spend thinking that I was really serving God, doing something that pleased God when my faith was in all the schemes and every wind of doctrine that blew through town and all the false teachings about what faith is, faith in faith and faith in the words you speak. And instead of simple faith being 
being kept and maintained in Christ and His work at Calvary. Now let's discuss that for a moment because it's very precious to me. The, the very life that we're living right now is because we've been given the measure of faith, Romans 12 and 3. The measure, that's a portion of faith. We've been given a portion of the faith, a measure of the faith, the measure of faith. That's, but the measure of faith means there is a, a, a something, a place of faith where that measure was taken. And it's the faith of Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Galatians 2.20 that the apostle Paul there says that's how we're living today. Not mystical and magical when we're living according to the measure of faith, thinking soberly minded according to the measure of faith we've been given, Romans 12, 3, that's, that, was, that came to us through righteousness, 2 Peter 1 and 1, that we've obtained like precious faith with Peter and the early church disciples. We've obtained like precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So our, our trust in His work, His righteous work, Isaiah 32, 17, at the cross for us, for our sins, granted us, we obtained the measure of that faith. Now think about that. And that measure of faith came to you. Look. Faith came by you hearing, which means you accepting. Not you just hearing it, because a lot of people hear it and they ain't going that way. I don't want anything to do with Jesus, don't want anything to do with church, don't want anything to do with the Bible. I, I'm, I, I hear you talking, but I'm not going to receive that. You understand? But So he, hearing, faith comes when you hear. And your hearing has to be according to the Word of God. Faith comes. What that measure of faith that measure of the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave Himself for you. And the measure of faith we've been given won't work outside of that avenue through which we obtained it, the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Write that down, 2 Peter 1 and 1. Think about that. The faith that you and I have been given, it's called the measure the portion, it's what a measure is. It's, you know, if you've got a big barrel of flour, you take a cup, you've got a portion. You've got a cup of that big barrel. And you and I, Jesus, had the, the faith without measure, but you and I have the measure. But look, the good news, it, it's the measure of His faith by which we live, hallelujah, and we obtained it through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning our trust in what Jesus did at Calvary. Let me say this before we go on. You've got to get this. You've got to believe this. You've got to go this way or you're going to hold the Word of God deceitfully. Because if, you, if we're not trusting in the cross of Christ, the very death, the work He provided, what He did there for us, not talking about an old tree that He died on, I'm talking about what He did in death. If we're not trusting about it, trusting Him in His work of atonement, 
his death for us at Calvary, then we're not operating with the measure of faith we've been given. And when you read Romans 12, you see that measure of faith was given to us so we, so we could think soberly. And if our faith doesn't remain in that which gave us the measure of faith we have, then we're not thinking soberly. And it's not faith that's coming just because we're in the Word every day. It's flesh rising up. Now, I want you to get that. Faith only comes, faith only operates, and faith does work. The Bible tells us that in James chapter 1. Faith is dead if it's not working. Because faith works. Galatians 5, 6 tells us that also that faith works by love. That's the love of Christ who loved us and gave himself for us, that measure of faith we received at the same time that God shed his love abroad in your heart, Romans 5, 5, that's, that's the same time so many things happened at the born-again experience. He shed his love abroad in your heart. He gave you the measure of faith so that you could run the race, hallelujah, and shout glory to God and to the Lamb forever all the way to the finish line. And he did that really all by moving inside of you. You have his witness, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8. We covered it a couple of chapters back that our spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God, that we are the children of God. And I want you to get that. If my spirit is bearing witness with the Spirit of God, that I am a child of God, that means there's some communication between the Spirit of God and my spirit. And I am a living soul and a spirit. So, and, 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 and for the Bible to say that my spirit bears witness, that means it's hearing the Spirit of God telling me you are a child of God because you've trusted in the Son of God as the Lamb of God and what He did for you at Calvary. There is communication there. And it began when you began hearing the gospel. The Lord was ministering to you. When you believed it, you were responding to Him. Let me tell you something. Faith came... And faith overcame. Hallelujah. We need to get that. And that, this is why there's so much uh, uh, false teaching on deliverance. Hold deliverance ministries, but they're not preaching the cross exclusively for deliverance. They're trying to tell the church you got demons in you. Not by, That's not biblical. They're trying to tell the church if you'll do this and that, and if you'll do these things, God will deliver you. That's not Bible either. What is Bible is that Jesus did the righteous work at Calvary. You believing with the heart under that righteousness grants you salvation with that salvation comes a position and a declaration that you are righteous. You've been, you've been given the measure of that faith that you can run the race God set before you with and bear forth the fruits of His righteousness. Now I want you to get that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes. This is not, we've used these verses just as some initial born-again experience. No, this is daily. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when we continue to hear the Word of God with our faith in that righteous avenue through which faith comes, being the cross, the avenue which grace and mercy only come, the, the avenue through which the leading of the Spirit and everything only comes, which is the truth, 
the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's the only avenue through which God will work and function in your life. That's why the Bible says the word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So then faith comes by hearing. But hearing's got to be according to the Word of God. And it's got to be in the context of the gospel. That's right. I mean, just because you are saved and now you have eyes to see doesn't mean that you know that your faith must remain in the work of righteousness Christ did at Calvary. Now listen, we're living in the end days and, and you, think, you think it's dark now in the world. And there's a whole lot of darkness in the church. Whole lot of darkful, uh, darkness in the church, deceitfulness, deception in the church. Jesus, uh, when his disciples asked him, uh, when's the time of the end of the age? When are you coming? He just said, take precaution, beware that don't let anybody deceive you. Deception is rampant today. The devil has done a good, great job at what he does. It's so evil. He has put so many translations out there today of the Bible that he's taken the deity of Jesus pretty much out of it. He's changed so many things, removed scriptures out of certain translations. And he's, he's, he's got whole denominations and he's got whole uh, movements that are not even Bible-believing movements. But they, but they use the name of Jesus and because they do that that we, everybody thinks that they must be okay. But we need to remember the Apostle Paul said they would come, preach another gospel, another Jesus by another spirit. And we need to remember that. And as we read this today, we need to remember this. Faith doesn't come by me speaking. Faith comes, and when faith comes, I have faith, I speak. Faith doesn't come by speaking. Faith comes by hearing. Hallelujah. Let's get back to believing God's Word. Faith comes by hearing. I can't speak myself into where I'm going. Words are powerful, and we've used those scriptures uh, out of their context for years. That the, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Sure it is. He that preaches with the tongue the gospel offers eternal and abundant life. He that uses God's word deceitfully outside of its proper context, uh, which is the gospel, but when we use it outside of that, the tongue has the power of death in it. We block the way of salvation. We block the way of living for God triumphantly over sin. Hallelujah. Well, it's been a good broadcast today. I hope you've gotten something from the Lord out of it today. Share these teachings on social media. Just share it and tag some people's name in it so they can hear the truth of God's Word and come back to the reality of there being this only one way to hear God, please God, and that is through faith in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what He did at Calvary. That's where our faith stands, and we've determined to know nothing of other than that, I hope you join us and the Apostle Paul in that thought, that mindset. Hallelujah. Well, we'll be praying for you. You pray for us. And if you haven't sown into the ministry or you'd like to, again, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can pull out your cell phone right now and text 
your giving to 903-231-5950 and you can help us. We've stopped sending six expositor study Bibles into the inmate, the prison system every week. Now we're doing seven expositor study Bibles every week, sending them into the prison system. So pray for the inmates. Pray for the ministry involved in that and the finances and everything. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.